I want to welcome you to this Good Friday gathering. You know, every Friday seems like it's a little bit good, but every Friday is not Good Friday. Today is is Good Friday, and we're going to unpack that with our time here this evening. So would you just bow your heads? I want to give us a little bit of a, a space at the end of the week here. And Heavenly Father, we want to take a moment and pause before you and uh, pause that you would give us a little space, a little time of reflection and consideration and a, a time for us to gather our thoughts, to remember and to look back and to recognize that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the creator of the universe who came from heaven to earth, that God is now in a body, the spotless and sinless son of the living God and came to our planet and did something utterly unimaginable. And we remember today the pain and the suffering of the cross and all that Jesus was willing to endure so we could be set free. And fathers, we enter into the Good Friday gathering here, the spirit of this day. We pray that, Father, that you would speak to us, that you would clear away any distractions, any worry that may be pulling at us, any distractions that would cause us from fully engaging in this evening. We want to just say thank you for Good Friday and all of its implications. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's so good about Good Friday? I mean, think about it here. Jesus gets whipped. Jesus gets beaten. Jesus gets tortured on a Roman cross. He dies a horrific death, and we call it Good Friday. Perhaps better called Bad Friday, Sad Friday, Awful Friday, but how could it be Good Friday? And you look at the cross there, like a Roman cross. And it's a symbol of torture and a symbol of death. And how can a cross become the central figure, the central symbol of Christianity for 2,000 years? I mean, understand what Good Friday is all about. We really need to understand the cross, and we're going to talk about that tonight. And the cross is so familiar to all of us, Culturally speaking, we see crosses everywhere that I think we forget the significance of this cross. Because we see crosses on hospitals. We, see, we have tattoos of crosses. We see crosses all around the world. We see crosses on our clothing, worn around our necks. We have crosses in our homes. We have crosses everywhere. And crosses can become so commonplace that I think we forget the significance of the cross that Jesus died on. So what could be good about a cross on which the Savior of the world was crucified? And what is the message for us here this evening? What are the implications of Good Friday? There's one verse I want to read to you. Explains the reason why Jesus went to the cross. And so we're going to walk through this verse together. It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It's on the screens. It says, For God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And here's what I know, that when Jesus went to the cross, something absolutely outrageous happened on the cross. And it's absolutely personal for us here. And this mind-blowing verse begins with, for God. 
See, Good Friday is about a good God. God that did something very good. It is God's story. But it's not only God's story, it's our story. Because you also read there that it says, so that we. So God's story interacts, intersects with our story. And Good Friday comes out of it. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. A plan of, from the beginning of the ages, from the beginning of time, an unfolding plan of God there from Genesis to Revelation, that God would rescue his people. And there was a plan of sacrifice and a plan of redemption. Came to its fulfillment in the cross. But God loved us too much 2,000 years ago to leave us in our brokenness and our fears and our failures. So what God did is God came and became, became like us. And we beheld him, his glory. And God knew that the only way to deal with our brokenness and our failures and our shame and our sin, that he would become like us. And that's what he did. And he put himself where we deserve to be. And he died the death that we were dying. And Jesus went on the cross he became the sin sacrifice, sin sacrifice for our sin. And the lamb would come who would take away the sin of the world. And Jesus endured far more frightening any kind of pain that we could ever imagine. Because it was there, the complete separation from God. And it was there on the cross that Jesus would shout in his native tongue, Eli, Lima, Lama, Shabbatini, my God, my God. Why are you forsaking me? God, why are you separating yourself from me? Jesus cried that on the cross. The perfect son of God died a death in our place. The worst of all my brokenness, the worst of all my sins and failures was placed upon him on the cross. And so Jesus took our sin all of our dishonesty and our self-centeredness and our addictions, all of our selfishness and pride and resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness, all of that was put on him on the cross. And our sins were the nails that put Jesus on the cross. And on the cross, what's so good about Good Friday? On the cross, the power of sin was broken. On the cross, we find forgiveness. On the cross, our relationship with God can be restored. And there, like this thorny bush here, the Roman soldiers took this and put a thorn, a crown, a mockery crown upon Jesus. And there they drove this into his head, symbolic of sin being put on Christ. And God pays a debt that he never owed for a sin that he never committed. He offers his life and suffers so that we can be forgiven. And it is there on a cross where Jesus absorbed the hit for you and me. And no amount of trying harder, no amount of good deeds, no amount of being better is ever going to make us right with God. There was only one way that a suffering servant would come and die on a cross. And there, and only there, were made right with God. That's what's so good about Good Friday. And Jesus breaks the power of sin in my life and yours. He forgives and he restores and he heals. And so at the cross, I experience God's love. 
What is so good about Good Friday? That cross is the expression, the fullness of God's love for you. And so the cross represents the relentless love of a heavenly father. There's a song that goes like this. We're going to sing it when we conclude called Reckless Love. It says, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I could never earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away. When I was a foe, still your love fought for me. You paid it all for me. There's no shadow you won't light up. No mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me. All the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And I just want to say, friends, that is expressed in the cross. There's another verse that tells what Jesus did for us in Colossians 2, verse 14. On the screens it says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In our culture, we're all familiar with the phrase rap sheet. We tend to think of criminals that have these big rap sheets. But I would like to suggest to you this evening that we also have rap sheets. Oh, they're not rap sheets that are used in criminal justice system that refers to a personal person's arrest record. But, but it does give a glimpse into someone's life, and there is a rap sheet that would give a glimpse into our life. And the reality is this. The reality is that I have a rap sheet, and there's more in the rap sheet than I would ever want you to know. And you have a rap sheet too. And there's more in your rap sheet than you would want anyone to ever know. And so a rap sheet may not be a tangible document that we can research, may not be a record that is held in the police department, but we have a personal rap sheet. And I want to suggest to you there is a record, a rap sheet that I have. And I just wrote on my rap sheet what is true of me. And you have cards in your possession. And I'm confident that if we wrote on here what is true of us, my fears, my failures, my brokenness, my shame, what I have done, what has happened to me, Colossians 2.14 says that Jesus took my rap sheet and he nailed it to a cross. And he nailed my rap sheet to a cross so that it would, be ne- it would never be nailed to me. And he was forsaken so that we would never be forsaken. And to help us grasp just the, the fullness in the, of this staggering reality, 
I want you to take this. There's pins there behind your seats and to write your fears and your failures and your brokenness and your sin and, and to take out your cards and maybe there are regrets. Maybe there's painful memories. Maybe there's, there's shame. Maybe it summarizes your story. I'd like you to write those things down. And what we're going to do then is, well, why should I do that? I already know about that. Why should I do that? Well, the last thing that God wants you to do is to leave here on Good Friday carrying these things with you. So after you do that, after you write down those things, you're going to go. There are crosses on the sides and this cross up front. And I'm going to begin with mine. What we're going to do is this. In just a minute, I'm going to release you to do that. You'll write down failures that have brought you shame, brokenness, things you look back at, things that you've done, things that were done to you. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, you don't need to keep carrying the weight of your past. Because of the cross, your past can be past. But you need to bring that. Jesus would say that as you come to me and you give me your fears and your failures and your brokenness and your shame and your sins, bring them to me by nailing them to the cross. I think sometimes we're so familiar, but we need to experience what Jesus has done for us and bring your rap sheet to the Almighty. And here's what I want to say. I felt God speak this to me. I felt God speak to me this. The fears and the failures and the brokenness and the shame and the sin that has defined you, has defined you. You bring that to the cross. It doesn't need to define you in the future. There is power in the cross. Psalm 103 verse 12 puts it this way. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Our sins being continually removed from us as far as east is from the west. So the power of these cards represent what has defined me every day of my waking life no longer needs to define me. So you're going to take a few minutes there to write down your fears and failures. And then we're going to be taking communion. There's a communion station there that I want to invite you to take the elements and bring them back to your seat. And then we will take the opportunity to take communion together as a family. And I love this journey that we are on. I love as we take communion, we're going to ask God to examine our lives, a, a visual and a tactile reminder of what Jesus has done for us. And so, you are being invited to bring your cards, your fears, your failures, your brokenness. You're being invited to bring those to the cross now. There are hammers and there are nails there. 
Come.